What? First, first dose of the vaccine. Oh, already? fucking hurts so bad dude shit you, i mean but you got it already that's great wow yeah i got the first one yeah it was i mean whoa you guys are way ahead of denmark right now because we i mean <laughs> we're moving baby usa <laughs> making it work <laughs> usa make america great again it's like starting slow but you know ain't nobody gonna stop us now <laughs> joe biden baby <laughs> represent i guess i guess he heard your letter right or, or he read it or whatever so apparently it's up to like 15 percent or something 20 percent of the population's gotten at least half that's amazing wow so we're moving i that's, went there yesterday there's thousands of people getting it it was churning that's amazing that's <clears throat> that's super good to hear because oh it's, it's nice because i think i think once once you guys are doing that once the u.s is doing that right europe's gonna have some pressure to kind of actually get their shit together because it's it's going so slow here in denmark with the vaccine so it, it's it's nice to hear so, well there's yeah. gonna be hopefully there's gonna be excess that yeah. after everyone here gets it they'll just start they'll have so much extra supply that they'll sell it and i think that's the thing right because exactly that's the thing right because the european countries are so small right except for germany you, they can't really sort of buy like a they crazy amount yeah so i mean market. and do you i mean california probably buys more than all of europe put together but in terms of sort of excess right so yeah anyway it's funny because i never i never paid for anything you didn't never. pay for nothing I never, I never gave my insurance card information. Nothing. Yeah. It was just, it was just, uh, it was on. So, pretty, uh, pretty cool. Cool, dude. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. That's that's really fun. Also, for you, I'm really, I mean, I'm good. It's been weird with the pandemic, but having a baby keeps you busy. So my life hasn't really changed that much, except. Yeah, when you have a baby, it's pretty much like you're in a pandemic anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah. I mean, when you have a baby that's quite young, I guess, yeah, baby. So Spend she's all your time. yeah, and she's one and a half now. Yeah. So so that's kind of you know she's she's growing up and you know all Perfect that age. Ah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Every every week something crazy happens, and you know it's like it's a fun time. But dude, uh. I just started recording everywhere, and I'll I'll cut it out if it needs to be. But let's just we just go. We're already going, so fantastic. How you been, dude? Thanks for thanks for taking the time uh, to come on my little experiment <laughs> show podcast. It's uh, yeah. it's fun. Great to see you, Geet. Yeah, good to. I'm I'm in your world now a little bit, like content creation world. Everyone sort of. is. Everyone, right? Everyone's kind of trying to become a content creator. Well, the, the funny, th the funny thing is, right? Like, I was working with content creators for a long time, and I never, I never sort of wanted to put myself out there because I felt like I had nothing to say. And and I think I, I had a radio show ten years ago in Amsterdam, so like a proper radio show on Amsterdam FM. And then I think just I was like, fuck it, let's just start, let's just go again and like talk to friends and catch up with people and then see what they're about and you know we'll see where we go. So that's fun. It's fun. Uh, it's a fun little thing. Yeah, for sure. So, how you been, man? What you been up to these days? Talk to me. How have I been? I've been. Uh, I've been stuck. I've been in the USA for the longest time without leaving in a while, right? So I haven't left the country in over a year. Last time I was out of the country was at last February. I was in Australia. I was working on a travel show for like six months, and we ended up in Australia. Had a great time. And I was in Australia in Sydney at an Airbnb and we had the news on at one point and they were talking about, oh, the COVID-19 virus is spreading from China to the rest of Asia. And we've had a couple number of cases here in Australia. And I'm like, oh, what, what is this? Let's go with this. And I didn't really register. And then I came back to the States and I started hearing a little bit more talk about it. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a thing for the next year or two years or whatever. 
we're going to be dealing with this. And I remember telling my mom, like, hey, just so you know, there's going to be this pandemic. <laughs> Things are going to be weird for a while. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm like, listen, it's going to be weird, but at least maybe this will be the thing that helps people vote out Donald Trump because he's going to do a terrible job of handling it. She goes, what? I go, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And then obviously the next year of my life was just that, uh, like it was with everyone else, dealing with this yeah. whole new world that we've been in. But I've done a lot of fun stuff in that time. I mean, I have spent a lot of time in the U.S. doing different exciting things, traveling around, seeing some new places spending a lot of time in nature and uh i've made a lot of videos and done a lot of work on myself and thankfully in the last you know since the summer the client work has kicked back up and i've gotten to do a lot of paid work too so it's not like i wasn't working at all yeah because um, because that's a lot of stuff done that's interesting with you right because you i mean you've got a pretty a public career in some ways and some parts of your career are really not public and i think that's exactly. kind of the fun part of what I, want, I want to talk about today because <clears throat> you're a youtuber with a pretty strong following and you you create awesome videos and you know you you you've been working with famous youtubers for a long time like casey uh nice that and, and you also were part of beam when i first kind of found out who you were because i love that app the first version of it uh and and I think <clears throat> there's there's this kind of arc, right? Like up and down and left and right. So so how would you describe where you are today? Because we met in Copenhagen when you came for the tech festival when it was like a couple of years ago, right? Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you kind of started doing some stuff in food as well with with yeah. Philip and a few other guys. And I mean, so you're doing a lot of really fun stuff. So talk to me about kind of where you are today and how you see kind of hindsight like where stuff started and just just you know talk about that so a bit. so i look back at my career my whole career and i've done a lot of things like working in the youtube space like we talked about working in the content creation space at a time when people were figuring out what that was what that meant when all these new apps were coming out i worked for a social media platform we started one um so i feel like i have this very strong background in social media and in, and in sort of internet content and so what does that translate to today? At some point, three years ago, I started to putting videos on YouTube, created a YouTube channel, built a following on there that was big enough where if I wanted to, I could become a full-time YouTuber and create videos for this audience and make money there doing that. But after try, after building that for a few months, I realized that I didn't want to just become a full-time YouTuber and put all my eggs in that basket. There were other things that I was interested in. And I think that for me, the YouTube channel was like, okay, here's a story about Jack Coin. And I didn't want to just tell stories about Jack Coin. I wanted to do other things. So what, what did I do? I mean, I have a skill set in, in creating videos. I have a skill set in marketing. I have a skill set in branding. Um, so I started applying those things. Basically came up with a production company slash agency almost, a small agency where brands can come to me and say, hey, you know, we want to do, we want to figure out how to, what videos we should post on TikTok, or we want to have one commercial, or we want to have a branded thing with this, whatever. Can you help us make that? What does that look like? So I do consulting and creating videos for brands that don't have my name and face in them. Sometimes they do have my name and face in them. And simultaneously, I have the YouTube channel where I get to talk about anything that I want, and I don't have to worry about making money through that platform. So that becomes, in, in a lot of ways, like a billboard for me this place where I can put videos up, talk about whatever I want, and hopefully 
uh, a good number of people see those and they say, wait, this guy, Jack, like, you know, every two weeks or three weeks or something, there's another video from him that's interesting and it catches my attention and he just does, does those for fun. So, you know, there's there, I think that, um, that's sort of what I look at. I look at this balancing act between get work and get as many jobs as possible and make money so that I can afford to do whatever I want and pay for everything. And then at the same time, keep going through these ideas, keep talking about these ideas and publishing them um, and basically working on the craft of making videos and telling stories on the internet. And I really think you, you've kind of nailed it from from that perspective, right? Because I think it's it's you can work and partner with, like you said, brands and because you've got a pretty good network, right? People kind of know know what you can do for them. And if they don't, you can kind of talk about it, you know, through client work, through, through the client part of it. But what's really fun is you kind of stay really relevant as well because <laughs> whenever you have a good idea, you just create an awesome video and you're a one-man shop, right? Like you can create the whole video, edit it yourself, you do all of it yourself, which is actually kind of fun, which is really almost liberating um so update i'm not a one-man shop anymore oh fuck yeah i haven't talked about this because it recently changed okay. i started working with my brother oh cool full time which is great so so i've partnered with my younger brother so i do do everything but he also does everything so i can i can say hey kieran shoot this put the camera over here or can you work on this edit let's go through this together so instead of me like shooting the whole thing, writing the whole thing on the computer, editing it, putting it together, moving on, we can kind of work on things simultaneously. And it's helped us expand, uh, expand the output and be able to do more with clients and be able to do more on YouTube. Okay, so, so talk to me a bit more about the production company then, because it sounds like clearly since we last spoke, a lot has happened. Tell me more about whichever client work you can talk about publicly. What is that kind of work like? And what are the kind of clients you're looking for these days or that you want so, to partner with? It is all word of mouth stuff. I'm not redoing any outreach. No, I'm no, no. Hitting up companies. People are coming to me based on, like you said, the network and um, and the quality of the work, right? I mean, you you make good. Yeah. You always make good stuff. Like it's not. It's only gotten like better all the time. It's never like, oh shit, why <laughs> Jack put out this terrible video? What happened? Is he okay? <laughs> like you know, it's so. It's so my good. brother and I had been working um, on this show together in the past. He does video shooting and editing. He's done that for a while since he left college, he's a few years younger than me. Um, and this summer, both of us were sort of figuring out what do we do, you know, and I knew that I was going to start revving up and having more opportunities come up in the fall. So I just said to him, Hey, do you want to try this? Do you want to try working with me? I have a couple projects lined up and we can uh, see what these are like. And, and it right away, it started working really well, like our efficiency was really strong, we kind of understand what we need to do, we understand our roles really well. So that all worked. So an example of a client that I've been working with for a while is a startup called Braid, which is a group credit card, basically a group credit card account. So um, people will get together, sign up for this account. And then like, if you and I wanted to start a podcast, we could create this account and then have money in it and we can spend it and we can see like track all our expense in one place. So what I pitched Braid on as a way to market their product and what they do was let's give away a grant because this is at a time when people obviously have been struggling um, with work and figuring out what to do in the pandemic. And people have been coming up with passion projects all this time spent at home alone. People have been doing things like starting podcasts like you, Geet. And so people have these new ideas that they're trying to explore. So we came and said, here's this grant. We're going to give away a thousand dollars every week. 
So we give away this money to these different people who have applied to our creator fund, $1,000 a week, and then I tell stories about the things that they're doing. And those sometimes pop up on my YouTube channel, but most of the time it's, I'll make short little TikTok form videos and say, here's this company, da 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 here's what these guys are doing, check it out, it's really cool. And it's like a 60 second thing. And I'll put that on Instagram, we'll put that on TikTok, we'll put it on Braid, all that stuff will live on their website. And it's a way to show, here are the possibilities with Braid. You could start a running group, you could start a hostel, you could start a, you know, I'm starting to make, sh I wanna make my own sneakers with a group of friends. So it's like highlighting all those different projects. Um, and that has been something that we've been doing consistently for months now. It's been going really, really well. And I think I, I saw that. I, I think I saw one, one of your YouTube videos on that, as well as some stuff on Instagram that you put up. I think what's I love that because I'm from the tech world, and and it's so awesome to see tech startups and tech brands finally, you know, work with creators and, and sort of you know real creatives in a really fun way. Because uh, I remember back when I had my own agency, my my sort of influencer marketing days, uh, when I was partnering with all these influencers around the world, like we would have to like that idea w would be almost unheard of. Be like, what? You want to give money away? <laughs> Why? Yeah. And I mean, only uh, only people who have crazy followings and had and you know sort of had had a vision would you'd see it very rarely, right? And I think what's really nice is that a lot of the startups these days realize that okay this is a big part for us this this whole yeah. kind of organic semi-organic world of of content creators is super important not only in sort of organic eyeballs through your network or through your platform uh it's also about their own content because that looks like shit most of the time <laughs> no offense to anyone yeah. but it's, it's just different when like a guy who's been making videos for a decade plus makes a video for you versus you hiring someone in your team to marketing a video, right? So it's just very different. Um, and I come from that background, right? I come from a tech startup background. That's how I was introduced to this company. They know me because I was also working at a state. So they understand I'm gonna add value from being able to create interesting videos, but also I've worked as a community lead at a, at a social startup before. So I understand how users think, I understand how product people think, and I can kind of negotiate all that stuff together. And the bonus is that I'm making videos. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and if you, and I under, I also understand, like, I know what a PL for a startup looks like, and I know how much you should be spending on marketing and I know, okay, yeah, you could spend 20 K on Google ads and that's something, and there's value there because they're going to guarantee certain ROIs, but you can also spend it on something that's like a moonshot, which is, wait, what if we give this away and we keep making these videos and we talk about people this way, maybe one of these becomes viral, maybe one of those projects becomes much bigger and you know, and maybe that's worth it. Maybe it's worth it to put, you know, 15, 20 K a month towards this instead of Google ads or something else more traditional. Yeah. And it's someone who's willing to take that shot who says, Hey, this is a startup, you know, we got to just try something different. And maybe that thing that's different is going to work. I think that can be, that can help you do be really successful thinking outside the box like that. And I think you need, you almost need someone with your skill set or people like you who've kind of you know been creating content for a long time understand that understand the business world understand the sort of tech startup world to put together a package that actually works right it, it's yeah. if they were to spend i don't know 20 30k whatever it is a month on you know a great filmmaker it wouldn't be the same you know it yeah. would just not be the same and i think and i think brands and this whole world of you know creators youtube uh, and other platforms tiktok like you mentioned 
there's so much happening there. And I think it's, it's just a fun time to see new avenues of marketing appear besides just Facebook ads and Google ads. I think it's really fun that, you know, that sounds awesome, dude. Fuck, that's cool. I'm happy to hear that that's going well. And uh, and is it braids or braid? Braid. braid. Yeah, braid. Cool. There's a, I checked out the product. Looks really cool. Looks, re- I mean, yeah, they're, they're not in Europe yet. They're not so, in Europe yet. Yeah. When, when they're here, I'll definitely sign up. Cause that, you know, I've had a lot of people apply from Europe. <laughs> to get the grant and try and i'm like oh you know you got to wait a little bit yeah yeah, we'll get no, there. yeah we'll get there yeah we'll get there it's because the banking system it's hard with the no no i get it it's a fintech startup it's so it's just it's just different expand right? international right away no no i get it i totally get that so braid is one which is kind of you've been doing for a while um any other ones that's that stand out that you want to sort of give it like talk about that have been unique or cool i mean so in a few days i'm going to back to california and i'm going on a road trip with a buddy and and it's for it's like this rv company is giving us the rv for a week to go on a trip to do whatever we want to do including make a video that's like hey this company gave me this rv here's what happened but so it, that's the kind of thing where that'll go on my youtube channel but also possibly live on their website like but isn't that isn't that kind of how you relaunched your youtube career a little bit didn't you kind of have this awesome RV? Tr- I remember that video I've with done awesome RV trips. Was in it? The past, so that's an easy sell. Yeah, was it with? Yeah, here. that's it. That's that, that was the channel. That was really fun. I remember that was a really cool. Because I mean, I'd I'd been following your work from from the kind of Beam days uh, here and there, but I was like, okay, this fucker can really make videos. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, it was really fun to see you kind of show showcase your skills and storytelling on that trip, right? Yeah, so that was great, and it was. Uh, it's so easy to make videos about something like that because you're in beautiful places and you have this natural storyline of like, okay, here's a trip from the beginning to the end. Tell the story of what happens. And then it's kind of about the bumps along the way. And that was at a time when I was really excited and energized about, okay, I want to make these videos about what's going on about myself and people are going to be interested in this. Let's like put the camera. And I've kind of my objectives or, or the direction that I'm like trying to tell these stories in on my YouTube channel has changed. So that was very much about like, oh, here, I'm Jack. Here's my life. Check it out. And it's it's now it's become much more like I'm Jack. Here are the lessons that I'm learning in my life. Here are the ideas that I'm thinking about. So let me tell you a story about an idea um, through me as the, as the subject. And I think and I think it's almost like I don't want to say it's like blogging, but it kind of is. So like for for some for some I mean because in, in the tech world, a lot of co a lot of the founders of companies they like blog about their ideas right they'll they'll talk about a specific idea around around growth in a startup or like why Combinator is really well known they also have good video now of course but like YC is known for you know their their essays that Paul Graham writes and you know now the all the other kind of partners put out awesome content and I think YC's got a great uh, content team they do a good job but it almost feels like you're doing that in a in a, in, a, in some funny way with your videos because you sort of you know is that kind of can can you kind of relate to that a little bit yeah 100 percent. i mean i've i've been i've been spending a lot of time writing for the last like you know four or five years i mean i've since i started my career i've been spending a lot of time writing every day i have notebooks that i fill up with ideas and thoughts and what i'm up to and whatever and so that often translates into wait this would be an interesting thing to talk about in a video how do I do this? Like, what's the story here? What's the narrative? And I think that at a time when the world feels like it's changing so much and there's so much instability, one of the ways you deal with that is you write it down and you think through your ideas through writing. And just because 
I have this vehicle that's like making videos, I turn those writings, translate them into telling stories. And so if I have the opportunity to tell a story about going on a road trip with a friend, I don't want to just tell the story of the road trip with a friend. I want to also layer in these ideas that I've been writing about, almost like this philosophy, because what's the point of telling stories about yourself if you don't have some kind of philosophy about the world? And, you know, I just feel like there's a great intersection between the things I'm thinking about and how I'm understanding what's going on with what I'm actually capturing in front of me every day. So that's sort of what I try and do. Um, and in the long term, hopefully people who see the videos, hopefully potential clients who see the videos are like, wait, this is a really interesting way of thinking about this. This guy, you know, he's kind of onto something here. How does this work for us? How does this work for our brand? How does this work for, you know, if we ever want to work with this guy in the future? Now, we, we spoke about this, what is it, a couple of years ago now when we were having that those beers on the grass in Vestibro when you were here, hanging out with you and Philip. And I remember there was, I think you did a video in Copenhagen it was a couple of years ago, right? And I still think if you if you YouTube Copenhagen, like it's still one of the top videos, I think, sure. if not the top yeah. one. And I think it's it's just to me, it's just such a waste that every single tourism related brand in Copenhagen didn't reach out to you and be like, "Yo, dude, let us fly you back." And you know, because and I think it's just to me, it's just very interesting to see. Um, also, you evolve externally, right? Because we haven't spoken in a while, but I've seen you kind of post and evolve a little bit and, and you've been through a lot over the last couple of years um and it's just it's just it's just cool to sort of see now you know where you are is is a lot more i don't want to say stable because that sounds boring but you you sort of you've got a lot you've you've sort of thought about stuff a lot more right yeah well that's part of growing up too totally yeah right? well, that's part of growing yeah well, up. welcome welcome to the welcome to being 30 in the 30s welcome yeah <laughs> it's been a while but it's part of understanding, you know, what's, what's the puck, what's the point? Like what's going on? What are you here for? And I think that's one of the things that you have, everyone has to grapple with is like, why are you here? What are you doing here? You know, and are you just here to have a good time and fuck around? Yes. But is there something else that's deeper than that? And I think that you can't just like, I don't have a job. I don't have a traditional job. I could, and I could just like sign in every day, nine to five, and then spend, spend the rest of my time fucking around. And yeah, maybe I get some value, some moral value out of that job. But I can also, what I do is I don't have a job. So I have to think about every time I have a project or something, it's like, what's the point of this? Why am I taking this? Obviously, yes, you need to check. You want that to some extent. But also you want to do things and choose things that are going to have some sort of positive impact and help you continue to move in this direction where if there are all these problems in the world that are getting worse. Are you doing something to address those problems? So whether it's a food systems crisis, whether it's a um, environmental crisis, whether it's, you know, geopolitical instability, like maybe things aren't all just going to be nice and easy forever, whatever. Amen. Like going back to our parents' generation where it's like, oh, everything seems like it's getting better in the world. I think we're at a place where people are like, maybe things aren't getting better. Maybe the internet is creating problems. Maybe, you know, capitalism is creating problems, whatever it is. So how can I try and think about those things and apply myself to those things as I'm doing this, as I'm making these videos, as I'm telling these stories, whatever. So can I do work with nonprofits at the same time? Can I try to better understand, okay, wait, here's the problem with food systems. Is there something that I can do to address that? If and when I open a restaurant, can that restaurant be sustainable? 
And can I tell stories about the restaurant that I opened and how those two things are connected and why sustainability is important, et cetera, et cetera. Because in 20 years, in 30 years, when we have kids who are growing up, these problems are going to be even more real. So you want to sort of help build the world that you want to see. And no matter what you do, you should be, the stuff that you do should be applying towards this, towards like a little bit down the future. What is it going to look like? And where were you in, some, in trying to fix some of these problems that you see? Instead yeah. of just sitting on the sidelines. No, totally. And I think what's what's I mean, I want to talk about the your the the food angle because there's a lot there. I think I want to dig in with you. But you when you were talking about how you make your videos, have you heard of what a head fake is? You know what no. that is? There's this book I'm just kind of reading it for the third or fourth time. It's called The Last Lecture, uh, by Dr. Randy Posh, uh, professor at Carnegie Mellon, and he. Um, it was a series that was started kind of you know before you retire, give a last lecture. But he was dying from cancer and, and he knew he wasn't going to see his kids. He wasn't going to see anybody. And he sort of created, created this awesome lecture. I think it's, it's on YouTube somewhere as well. Um, and he talks about this idea in there called the head fake. And it's kind of you play football, but you're actually learning about leadership and life and, and you know, overcoming obstacles and all that. So it's kind of teaching you really tough life lessons through, you know, kind of a fun, easy, exciting process. Right. And your videos, at least now, they feel like you're going in sort of a head fake direction, right? It's like, I'm making this awesome video about running around New York, but it's actually about, you know, everything you've learned in life and lessons and all that sort of baked into this fun running video. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, it's fun, man. Excited to... Because, yeah. so that's what it is. That's the language. Like, you have to tell the story that fits into the medium that you're using. So if you want to say something that's deeper, okay, you can do that, but you can't just say that outright. You should make a YouTube video. Like, what's the point of YouTube? It's to make these fun, silly videos and put them up yeah. as frequently as possible. So yeah, let me do that. That's the medium that we're in. You know, if it's Twitter, what's, what's the thing about Twitter? You should say stuff that's like funny and interesting and captures people's attention because that's what's going to go viral on Twitter potentially. But can you fit in your philosophy, your philosophy into that thing? And, and approach people that way. Can you make a TikTok that's fun video of you dancing, but then you're saying something more in that? Yeah. And it's almost kind of like now with all these channels available to everybody, it's almost like finding your channel, finding your medium that suits you. Maybe it's maybe it's all four to a or all all of them to a certain extent, but it could also be that podcasting is your way, or you know, like making short form videos your way. And for me personally, like I I love talking <laughs> like i enjoy yeah. talking to friends and, and enjoy sort of having the and this show was supposed to be in person so once the pandemic is over we're gonna have to redo do this again you know with some with some whiskey and wine and some fun stuff uh but but you know i enjoy that and i think what i learned already i think you're my 10th or 11th episode uh i've already learned sort of i talk way too much like i'm learning that oh i gotta shut up and let and sort of let the other person talk and it's not going to be an overnight switch, but I hope as I do more of these, I'll learn and get better. Uh, and, and I'll sort of start sneaking in my own psychology and philosophy in there as, as, in, as I get better at the medium, right? So, yeah, that's also part of it, I guess. 100%. Okay, so food. What's, uh, you know, you're really into food, dude. What's, <laughs> where'd that come yeah, from? Yeah, I'm into food. I mean, that started, it started with like, at somewhere along the way, maybe I read a book, maybe I read like a Michael Pollan book, or maybe it, it just like clicked for me in the same way it does for a lot of people that 
like probably the way that we do food is broken in a lot of ways as a society. Some of the stuff is broken and it has this huge impact on the planet that's negative. And there's a way to do food that can fix so many of our problems, right? Whether it's health, health problems, environmental problems, interpersonal problems, war, famine, blah, 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 across the board. There's a million things that are all connected to basically like at our core as homo sapiens, we just have to eat. That's the whole thing, right? And that capitalism is just an extension of like, you just got to fucking eat something, right? Like that's what our currency is. That's why we have money because money is basically just an extension of trading food. That's what it all comes down to. Um, every day you have to eat multiple times a day to survive. And we have all these problems that are connected to eating. So if we can fix how we eat and if we can fix the food systems, we can solve a lot of other problems. There's mental health crises that are related to basically food systems that people are, you know, all these people talking about depression and all this other shit on the internet. It's like an anxiety. It's like, actually, we could maybe solve this through the food thing. All the con con um, connections to poverty that relate to food, all these people, lower income people who have diabetes, who have all these health related issues, we can connect to food. All these people who are dying from COVID who have comorbidities that are related to they weren't eating right. Like, so I, somewhere along the way, it clicked for me that food is a way to address all these issues. At the same time, I was in Copenhagen with you guys going to this tech festival. All these people are talking about food there. Obviously, food is the, is the engine that drives so much of the culture in Copenhagen and these amazing restaurants there, probably starting from Noma, right? It all comes through food. So you go there, you recognize like how powerful this is, how many people are thinking about it, how many interesting people are thinking about it. And at the same time, it's something that we love. It's because it's like this podcast, it's like you love to talk to people, we love hanging out, the conversations that we have, how much of that revolves around sitting down over a meal or some drinks or whatever. It's just a very human way of connecting. So big picture, it's like, oh, food is actually this amazing thing. Like maybe since I make these videos and I don't even know what I'm making videos about, I should try and make some videos about food. And this is where the whole like adding my philosophy into the video started is like I started making these videos about food and I was like trying to think about What's the deeper meaning of this? And at the same time spending, I became very close with Philip, who is a great chef. And he's like, hey, you do these videos, you do more videos relating to food. So I'm like, okay, let's lean into that. Um, and that's kind of where it started. And at the same time, I became involved with a nonprofit, a foods, uh, food justice uh, nonprofit here in the States that's really big called um, Wholesome Wave that has a huge impact on the way people eat in the country and trying to improve what, that. What are they doing? What is Wholesome Wave doing? It's basically, combating nutrition insecurity so as may, as maybe you are aren't aware in, in the u.s there's millions of people who don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and there's also millions of people who are suffering from food related disease diet related disease and so it's like those two things are connected maybe instead of prescribing people pills we could prescribe people fruits and vegetables that can solve a lot of their problems maybe people who can only afford to eat at mcdonald's we say wait a minute Fruits and vegetables are free. Let's teach people how to cook these these great, amazing whole foods and solve problems that way. And then maybe that in turn gets people to start growing more fruits and vegetables in a way that's more sustainable. And it stops being about these big meat and corn processing systems that, that feed so, many, so much of the country. And it's more about, wait, just let's go back to the basics. Fruits and vegetables is how we should be eating. How do we get these in front of more people? So that's kind of what we do past legislation um, and build initiatives to help give people access to healthy food. So is that is that kind of urban and track health outcomes? Okay, so it's kind of urban farming related stuff, or is it like a whole? There's, I mean, 
what you said is that's a lot in there. So is it is it kind of it's all of that. It's everything. It's everything. I mean, the main initiative is just help fight nutrition insecurity. So yeah. like whatever we can do to get more access. And so some of that is lobbying Congress and passing federal regulations mm. that say we can double people's access to food stamps as long as it's being spent on not on soda and candy, but being spent on fruits and vegetables. Is that something that we can do? And that's an initiative that we've passed. Yeah, because because it's always funny to and not funny is the wrong word. It's always sad and disgusting to me that, you know, kind of people in in and I, I've never lived in the US. So this is this is from an outsider's perspective, what I see and read and, and you know, watch is that there's, you know, you can kind of get discounts or food stamps for like soda like you said or for unhealthy fast food but you can get it for veg vegetables and you know whole foods that's funny right that's like you can you can it's just harder to access because people yeah. don't want to buy it yeah. because they're encouraged by all this other stuff all this other crap and maybe it's cheaper because and you can the feed government is subsidizing corn and high fructose corn syrup and all that stuff yeah so you can feed your family for cheaper by giving them basically cereal and, and going to the middle of the supermarket instead of in the, on the outside yeah. means where they have the produce yeah and so it's just kind of about providing access and also making people aware. And that extends to everything in life, right? And to everyone you talk to is, wait a minute, can I, if I can learn how to cook, can I cook for you this amazing butternut squash dish instead of cooking for you steaks or burgers or whatever, like, yeah. you know, yeah. and show you, because, you know, you can still blow people's mind. That's one of the things about when you go to Amas or Noma or one of these places, you get your socks knocked off, off some vegetables. Oh, yeah. Like, what, like that's, and when you have those experiences, it's like, holy shit, that I wish I could, I would eat like this all the time if, if I knew how to do this. So in addition to providing access and all that's just teaching people. And that's like part of what the YouTube channel is about. Like, yeah. can we show people how to use, how to find and use seasonal vegetables and make these dishes that are better than some ragu or whatever that you would get at some fancy italian restaurant yeah and i've had matt on the podcast matt orlando from amas yeah. uh he's he's been on twice uh and 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 what they're doing with bowline there's some overlaps to this as well right bowline's a non-profit in copenhagen here helping the restaurant industry and i think what's what's really exciting to me is that you know you have, are thinking about this and you can actually kind of just have impact on it pretty quickly Right. Like that's 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 I don't remember any other time two years ago. I don't know, three or four years ago, whenever you started thinking about this this way. Right. And then you're already having impact on it in a really pretty, pretty good way, I feel. And you're going to do more and more in it. Um, it's it's fun. It's just exciting to sort of be, be in a time where you're like, OK, I want to I want to help this industry out or I, I see opportunity here to add value and you go do it. Right. There's no permission needed. You're just going and saying, hey, I have these skill sets. Can I come and help? that's that's fun totally. yeah i think there's there's something in there for people as well like you don't need to go the quote-unquote old school route you can try new ways of adding value and there's enough to be done so yeah people should check it and out you could go to a place like a moss and and i can meet matt and talk and he'll and he'll take 10 minutes and be like oh, let me explain this to you let me explain how this restaurant works to you and after a 10 minute conversation with him he's walking me through a moss and showing me all the sustainability efforts happening there and how they're using everything yeah i'm like oh shit, this is mind-blowing and it's so he's having an impact on me that's the network effect and going and telling all these people so it's like it's 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 really about these the more people that you know who are who are putting forth these small efforts and having these conversations you're inspiring each other and hopefully having a bigger and bigger impact on the world.
yeah. in, in whatever way you can. I'm not a, I don't have a restaurant, but I do have a YouTube channel, you know, and I can make these other efforts in my life. So where can we have that impact? Yeah. And are you doing something like, weren't you and Philip doing like a food show for a bit? Yeah, we created a show. Um, it's called Comfort Food. There's been, I've done like four episodes. It's something I hope I want to continue. Like when the content is, is it up? Is it up already? More. Yeah, I have, I have a bunch of episodes online. Okay, shows, cool. So on my YouTube channel called Comfort Food um, about different things. And it's just about learning about food and like, you know, how I've learned about it. Was the, was the bread one one of them? Because you made one of them. Oh, that was yeah. really cool. So I, much of it. So, so much of it came about during the pandemic, right? When I didn't have access to travel and go to these places, but I was thinking about these things and seeing how they aligned and recognizing, you know, what does the food system look like during a pandemic when everyone's stuck at home and all of a sudden people are like, hey, I should start to learn how to cook or I should learn how to make bread or whatever. So yeah, there's a bread one. Um, no, I mean, it's it's one of the, it's one of the good clothes. ones. It's one of the, like to me, it's like I send that one to friends and, and of course, like like everybody, <laughs> everyone's learning how to, you know, make bread at home or try some form of baking. They have this oven they've never used. They're like, okay, let's try and use it, <laughs> right? And I think it's always fun when you can, you know, learn how to do that. But um, what I wanted to talk about was that you, you sort of mentioned really quickly, right? Like during the pandemic, have you been in New York the entire time? Have you been kind of moving around a little bit or how's it been for you? Cause, cause it, it, there were waves of it, right? I remember it was, it was in the beginning, it was pretty tough at times. And then, yeah. So in the beginning for the first month or two months, I was in my apartment basically I would go grocery shopping with a mask on and stuff and then come back home and spend all my time at home. Like really just chilling, like watching movies and kind of like sitting back and reflecting. And, um, and then when the summer started coming, when the weather started to change, it started to die down and became very like kind of chill in the city. And the city was, was one of the biggest impacts that I saw right away was, okay, restaurants, bars, all that stuff's closed. And that's where so much of the culture of New York comes from that's what you do when you're in New York, right? You go out for drinks, you go out to a spot, you going from this place to this place to this place and all that stuff closed all of a sudden. And then it started to reopen and reinvent itself in the spring and in the summer where it's like, Hey, okay, we're, we can't be open, but we can have this window where we can sell cocktails out the window or you can sit on the street and have a burger or you can go, you know? So then I was like, reflect on what does this look like? What does the new New York restaurant scene look like? Um, especially at a time when it's uncomfortable to like go hang out at someone's house or so it's like, okay, how did New York change? You could go to parks with people and be outside. You could go to restaurants where they have this new outdoor dining where they've like literally created pop-ups like tents on the street in front of restaurants. And that's fun. And then the weather was good. It was a beautiful summer. So that was like so much of the summer was just exploring this new version of New York where a large percentage of the population was gone. And the people who remained were like, wait a minute, this is kind of cool. What is this about? And again, so much of that culture is wrapped up in eating and drinking. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun. So yeah, I mean, I've been here the whole time, but I've gone on a couple trips. I've gone out, I went out to shoot a video out west in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, nice. Um, I shot a video in Bermuda. So actually, oh, wow. I guess I did leave the country once in the oh, fall. Um, cool. And is that for a client or is that going to be on your channel? That is on my channel. Yeah, it's for it's for a client and it's but on my on channel. your channel. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I went out to uh, Seattle for a project. I went to um, Montana for vacation. I went to LA for a project. So I've kind of in the country done a little bit of 
I've been around the country, yeah, a fair amount. I've and I was just looking about at this the other day because I was thinking about traveling, right, in the pandemic, how sometimes you see people criticize each other. Oh, like all these assholes are traveling, going to Tulum or whatever, which it seems like to be one of the most popular destinations. And something about that does seem a little bit unsavory. These people partying in Tulum when people in Mexico maybe are struggling with mm. the raging pandemic, but they can't afford to not let people in because they're like, we need this. We need the, these people tourism, yeah. money to come down as tourism. But I also think it's like it's one thing to shoot off tweets from your from the comfort of your home shitting on people like that's not going to get you very far. You know, so I, I don't know. So I've been I've been that's another thing I've been grappling with. Like, is it amoral to travel at this time? And yeah. I've, I've been on 14 flights and I haven't gotten sick. I haven't gotten I've been very safe and I've gone to these places. And when I've gone to these places, people have been happy. When you go to a restaurant in somewhere in Oregon on the coast and they're like, you came from New York. They're not like, get away from, get us. You, from know, you here. They're like, wow, tourism's been down. We're really ha glad that you're here buying some beers at our spot right now yeah. because we could use it. We're struggling. Yeah. No, and, and I think also with, there's there's a couple of things there. Like one is, of course, you, the morality of travel in 2020, right? Like there's there's a lot there to be talked about. But at the end of the day, right, if you're safe and if you're okay with it, then just fucking do it. I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm I'm not here to judge. And people who judge usually don't have to, they're, they're not doing anything with their time. Like if you're busy hustling and working, you don't have time to come home <laughs> and tweet stuff to random strangers who are doing something, you know, if they're because you want to get a couple of likes on a tweet or whatever. But I think, I think there's a second thing there, which was really important is, is how is the industry going to survive this? The restaurant industry, right? It's just New York, as you said, has been hit. And I, I saw this, I think you, I think you put it up because I don't follow, I don't follow sort of a lot of American media, but uh, Barstool Sports has this, um, they're raising a lot of money, right? And, and, yeah. and like a bunch of other people are doing this as well. And like, I know you talked about your efforts in New York. Uh, you've done some cool stuff. Can you talk a bit about that, what you've been doing in New York specifically? Yeah, I mean, so that Barstool thing, like they've raised like over $30 million. That's amazing. Wow. And they're giving away, I think they're giving $100,000 to different restaurants and people who've applied for this fund. Yeah. And that's like 100000 is hopefully a bridge that can get them through this winter and into a place where by the summer, hopefully they can return business as much as possible and get things going. Big picture. I think it's like a, it's almost like I heard it described as a forest fire where a lot of the underbrush is burnt out. A lot of the trees, it seems devastating and horrible, but then at the same time, at the end of the day, it actually can help create a lot of new growth and help the forest, you know, become healthier in a lot of ways. And so as devastating and as tragic as it is, hopefully there are backstops that are provided, whether it's by the social safety net and the government or other opportunities, or we can get people working again, where yeah, a lot of shitload of restaurants close, right? Like more than 50% close. But then there's opportunities for new people, for innovators, or for these old people who had spots to come back and say, okay, now we have a chance to do this again. How do we do this? And hopefully this is something, this is something that you try and push for as much as possible through your political action. Hopefully the government says, okay, we're going to give you this much. We're going to give you some funding to open this place again. We're going to give you a really great loan to be able to do this again. So <clears throat> hopefully, even though people are struggling, there's unemployment. And there's other benefits that can get them through. And then they can say, now I have an opportunity to start a new place. What's that place going to look like? And how are we going to do a better job? How are we going to focus on things like sustainability that we weren't thinking about before? Can the government provide extra benefits if you are a restaurant that's getting some kind of credit for your efforts in sustainability or 
or helping people eat healthier or whatever. Um, so my efforts have been like, I'm a storyteller. So I make videos. So I started making videos about different spots, small businesses and restaurants in New York City and what they were up to, especially like this summer when people were really trying to do some innovative things. So I just kind of took my camera and put the spotlight on all these small businesses and made a series called How to Make an NYC. Oh you know, man, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy you brought that up because one of my favorite shows ever was by the, a similar name. How to make it in New York? Uh, the the denim brand show. How to make show. it in America? How to make it in America? Sorry, fuck, sorry. How to make it in yeah, America? Yeah, that's where the name came from. Yeah, I I love that show. It was only one season. It sucks that it didn't continue, but there was some there was a bit of that soul that was in your videos. It was really fun to see, and it was. Uh, I'll definitely link it in the in the show notes. It's a. I mean, that was really cool. Yeah, there were some good stories in there. Yeah, so that is one. I'm gonna bring that show back this spring. You know, it's a little oh, cool. bit, uh, yeah. I guess it felt like it was a little bit in bad taste as, as like the winter came and everyone yeah. was really being shut down for me to be going to these places that there was like really nothing happening. No, I mean, no. maybe you saw some pictures of guys like at restaurants sitting outside in the snow, complaining to the governor, complaining to the mayor and saying, no. how are we going to survive this? And so, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to put a pause on that and focus on a couple other things, but I think that we've talked about this before. There's going to be this whole new version of new york that's born out of this so that show is going to come back in the spring it's going to be fun and uh and we'll see what it looks like what this new version of new york looks like and track it yeah i think i think kind of i was talking uh one of the one of the other guests i had on his name is vaughn tan he's uh he's a done a lot of really fun stuff but he he wrote a book called the uncertainty mindset where he goes into all these restaurants and and sees how these guys create, you know, awesome dishes and, and innovate around different parts of the restaurant and food systems industry. And and he was talking about, and we riffed a bit on something which I think, you know, is really interesting because New York is one of the food epicenters of the world, especially in terms of kind of this, the amount of people that live there and how much people spend per capita on food, right? They go out very often. There's different types of places. You can get a dollar pizza. You can get super expensive sushi. There's everything in between. And I think that's kind of where it's it's going to be more interesting to sort of come up with new types of restaurants where it's kind of like, you know, making like I think that's why it's that's why I think it's going to be more fun where, you know, there's there's probably going to be amazing, you know, fancy places to go out in and they, they, they'll always be around. But I think what's going to be even more exciting is to see what new things come up. And, and I think it's going to be fun when you track it. That'd be cool. Um, OK, changing gears a little bit um you started running a lot dude that's nice yeah it's, it's kind of inspiring to me i gotta get my shit together and run more but it's good to see you know you're doing that when did that because you were not i mean you were running a little bit but then you kind of put it in fourth gear or whatever and started doing it a lot more i ran um in 2019 i ran a marathon for the first time kind of out of left field my dad was sick. He passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. And he had, he kind of said to me, like, yo, you got to get your shit together. Like, sorry, you should start working out. You should start running. And so I kind of, in in his honor, was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for this marathon and just do it. And I was able, and I would kind of like crush it accidentally. And Wait, what, is that, what does that mean? <laughs> I did a really, I ran really fast. How fast did you run? How fast did you run? 3.30. And so 3.30 without did, training? Yeah, and I had, I had been like skiing all weekend. I like, really wasn't prepared. And I just, I was like, oh, that was pretty easy and fun. So like, maybe I should get into this. And I just kind of fell in love with it in a different way. Yeah. Um, 
And it's one of those things where if I could start my day every single day going out for a run, I feel like I already have this huge sense of accomplishment. So I can't, I've already won the day. So you go out and the first thing you do is run eight miles or 10 miles or 15K or 10K or whatever you guys in Europe like to call it. I can uh, come it's, back. It's all math. Like, it's all good. <laughs> I feel like I can come back and, you know, okay, yeah. I've already accomplished so much. Now everything else is a bonus. And it kind of like is a good mentality to carry with you. And it just feels good. Like you, uh, once you really get into it, you get a sort of runner's high. But also I think the best thing about it, especially like in this crazy like past year that we've been in, is just an opportunity to like get outside for, for an hour and just like – be out there in the streets and like breathing in the fresh air and seeing other people doing the same thing. And that's kind of a really nice mindset to put yourself in every day. So yeah, so I just got really into running and I've been doing it. I do it all the time. Right now I'm struggling with an injury that I'm trying to figure out and get over. What happened? But I keep, I just have like tendonitis in my in my ankle. But I every time I, I have to rest and then I never rest long enough and I go for a crazy long run and I like fuck it up again. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Hit the reset button. So I really have to like take my rehab seriously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's been great. I'm loving it. And it's, you know, you once you like, I, I think if you feel good about your body, it helps yeah. you feel good about your head yeah. and all that stuff. And, and even connecting it to food. Like if you go for a really long run, you burn a shitload of calories, you come back and you eat lunch, you feel your body going through that meal in a different way than if you're lazy and you eat a bunch of whatever a huge sandwich like you feel like it it slows you down so you're turning your body into more of like a machine and, and, yeah there's something we forget right because because i haven't trained in a while so i, I don't want to you know speak out of uh, out of my lane and you know but i i think it was it was a couple of days ago i, I had a i had a podcast interview with someone and you know it's different when you're like on a screen. <coughs> Bless you. It's, it's 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 different when you're on a screen because the energy isn't the same. So you got to get amped up for an interview. You got to be ready to go. And I just wasn't feeling it. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go outside, do like ten push-ups, come back in, and then it. I I was a different person. It was it was really crazy. And I was like, whoa, okay. I just went out, you know, sort of did something for five minutes, not even, came back in, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm kind of ignoring my my physical body a, l a little bit i'm not giving it the attention it needs and then i'm sort of almost like oh why am i not at, at the high sort of high energy level so I, I think ever since that a couple whatever a couple of weeks ago now i started just doing it more a little bit and it's just it's slow it's baby steps but it's great i mean it's it's kind of nice it's good to keep that in mind um okay dude cool i mean you're what have you got planned the rest of this year that you want to talk about if if there's something we're talking about yeah the things i have planned for the rest of this year keep making videos i told myself i was going to make 30 videos on youtube this year so far i've made three <laughs> so i got some work to you do you got time um i uh, bringing back the show how to make it in nyc and we're going to do like a bunch of new york related content which i'm really excited about i'm hoping to travel I really want to come to Copenhagen if it's possible, when it's possible again. We'll do it in person when you're here, for sure. Dying to come I'm over because, you know, I got to go visit uh, Philip's new restaurant and just see all the homies. And Oh, man, Kona. I haven't, I haven't been there because it's closed, um, but it looks really cool. Like, the photos look amazing. Yeah, yeah so do that. 
see the city. Maybe if I'm there, maybe go to Italy or something. Do a little, just a little, just explore some place that's different for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, just like spend time with family and spend time with friends and just like appreciate everything that we have yeah. that's going on. And at the same time, you know, keep working on myself and keep trying to learn things and keep trying to explore things, whether it's through videos or through books that I'm reading or essays that I'm trying to write, just like, uh, you know, just be as much in it as possible in this life and in this, this crazy wave that we're going through and yeah. try and ride it out and have as much of a positive impact as possible while I'm doing that. So that's kind of the rough plan for the year. Sounds fun. fun and, and when you're in when you're in Copenhagen, we'll do this again in person, hopefully. And uh, maybe you know, if Philip Phil will grace us with this presence. You know, we'll have the both of you on. And yeah, we could do the two man. Yeah, I've done a four man before. That was sorry, three more people. That was crazy. I mean, it was fun, but it was crazy. And I think I definitely want to do like yeah, more of that fun stuff. But hey, uh, it's been awesome. I'm I'm trying to f I'm trying new and different endings to the show. So. What I want to try with you is because uh, you're, you know, you're talking to a lot of different brands, a lot of different companies, a lot of different awesome restaurants. If there's a couple of people you want to give a shout out to that, you know, are doing something which maybe isn't out there in the public a lot, but is really special and you and you people should go check out. Uh, what would that be like? Is there something that comes to mind? Can be in New York, can be anything online, doesn't really matter, whatever. I mean, I think it's like it's everywhere you go. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same thing in Europe or in Copenhagen, but it's everywhere you go in New York, there are small businesses that are trying to survive. It's the same here. It's the same and here. They're breaking, and they're trying to try new things just to survive, whether it's like selling something out the window, whether it's like creating a T-shirt, whether it's doing takeout or whatever. It's those, those people that are not only struggling the most, but those people are the ones who are innovating the most. And it's like, it's this insane level of pressure that they've faced to try and survive and uncertainty that they face to try and survive and i think that the way that they've gone about it and the dignity with which they've gone about it is incredibly inspiring so i, I want to give a shout out basically to all those people you know everywhere you go you look and you see these guys trying to do different things and so I'm, i've been trying as much as possible to go to these different places and spend my money there and talk to them and um i think that you know, if anything, these small business owners probably have learned the most life lessons of any of us in this past year. And uh, they've done a really incredible job of facing this adversity and building something new. So big shout out to yeah. all those. And not, you know, not in anyone specific, but all. No, them. no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's uh, it's super important to support your support, your local this hashtag that's going around. But I think it's it's beyond just a hashtag, right? There's people's lives at stake and they're trying to do whatever they can to survive and there's almost no help and it's super good if you can kind of you know go help them out and, and buy something locally instead of from a big supermarket chain uh it's always better to do that awesome uh jack it's been really cool thanks for making the time and for you know gracing us with your presence it was fun and uh have fun with all the, i'll see you online and uh, you know hopefully soon in person cool man thanks Geet. much thank love brother thank you I'll brother see you soon. ciao ciao peace out Thank <laughs> you.